What a beauty! Welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lech Doggett. I am joined by the one, the only, the Patch. How are you? Hello, Lech Dog. Hello. I'm tired, I'm miserable, and my Supercoach team sucks. Um, so, I'm great. Happy to be here. Just stoked all around. Well, I'm stoked all around because this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Now, they've sent us a few things, Patch, um, including the, the care package, which had the Lawnmower 4.0 in it, the best electric trimmer for below the waist grooming. The trimmer offers skin safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. They have a hell of a lot of products that will make you very damn comfortable below the waist. I'm glad to hear. The, uh, I'm currently wearing jeans and should have just tra- changed into trackies. I've been in really enjoying the uh, the Weed Whacker, by the way, which uh, I've been using on my nose and ears as it's designed. Um, it, ma- it makes me look like I'm not an old man in the nosal region anymore. Yeah, oh, I'm a big fan of that. I uh, I very often get the stray hairs from uh, from the nostrils just running around, and I'm like, eh, I'd rather not, actually. Um, and these days, instead of like trying to do the awkward like weird little finger thing, just a, just a little weed whacker. Just whack some weeds. I also was never aware of the fact that hair was coming out of my ears until I looked, and I could definitely see, like, old dude, long, like, I don't know, hairs coming out my ears. I'd never noticed. I'd never looked. Now I trim them with, with the trimmer. Um, Patch, like dog. if our audience wants to get a hold of any of these fantastic products from Manscaped, all they have to do, and get this, they get 20% mm. off and free shipping using Whoa. the code JOCK. That's code J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. At the moment, we're recommending the boxes 2.0 because once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. And as we like to say, they put the jock in jocks. Let's talk super coach. Let's talk. So actually, uh, my team sucks. I, I kind of want to keep talking about balls, actually. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's what we're here for. So, Well, tr- tradition let's, let's... says, Patch, we have to start with the good things. I know there's plenty of news to talk about, but yeah. you sound down and dumb. So let's talk good things. Okay, let's, let's talk. talk good things. All right. All right. You, you start us off. You get us, get us ready to go. Ah, oh, I mean, I scored over twenty six hundred this week, Patch. I had a pretty; it was a pretty good, pretty good week all around, to you be did, honest you with did you. Good, didn't you? You did, you did quite well. <laughs> I bought in uh, Toddy Goldstein to cover Pruce and Butters. Uh, traded Butters to Goldstein. I kept Pruce for the moment. He pumped out a one twenty, but uh, I mean, uh, everywhere I look, it's odd because Brayshaw, Parker, Gresham, Cripps. Short, they all sort of underwhelmed, but it's, it was the top end for me, Patch. Jake Lloyd, who was my who I demolished last week on the podcast, I absolutely decimated, and I can only assume he's a listener because he responded he with a over 100-point turnaround. He scored 148 points this week. So he is my positive of the week after coming off uh, the back of a 42 points last week. He delivered a 148 this week. If you average it out, it's still... Below average and not great, but it's a good for this week. You take it. You take anything you can. You take the small things, and when the small things are big things, you take those big things. I'm not making any sense. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? Like, I'm gonna do two positive things because I'm trying to lift myself up here. Um, I'm gonna do two. One of them has happened. Luke Jackson came into the side as the number one ruck for the D's. I bought him in. Paddy McCartan straight up to him covers Tim English. Yeah, we'll talk about English a bit later on, but 122 from the young man looked sensational 
um, not just in the ruck. He, he looked pretty good in the ruck against OMAC, but around the ground was where he really shone. And honestly, you can see the merit in people saying, just play him as a midfielder. Like, I don't know how you fit him in that center square with, you know, with Petrarca, with Oliver, with, Viney with Harms with the quality they've got running through there. They've, you know, Jordan and Sparrow are doing very well, but that's a decent argument that you could play Luke Jackson on a wing or on a on on the ball. And sure, sure. I mean, he was very good. He was very good. He had twenty one disposals, nine tackles, eighteen hitouts, and a goal. For those who bought him in, he was uh, did exactly what you wanted to. 125 in fantasy and 122 in super coach. I mean, he was a popular trade in for a reason. To be fair, I, and this is not to to talk, take away from him at all. A lot of people scored very well in this game for the demons. Not so much on the other on the other side uh, outside of the goat Daniel Rich. Um, mm. But yeah, Luke Jackson early returns are very good. We'll see what happens with uh, Max Gorn and his injury, and I think he was running this week. It doesn't sound like he'll play, so you'll get at least another week out of Luke Jackson, number one ruck. Yeah, which, you know, excited to see. The more sample size is the more good. And the uh, the other shout-out I want to give is to Supercoach Data's optimism, like dog, um, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, projecting Clayton Oliver to score 193 this week, so the, uh, the optimizer button, that wonderful... Uh, gold button slaps the big C on him this week, and uh, gosh, it's gosh, it's nice to see the projection of 193 from one of your players. That's the the statistical baseline is like here's where we think he'll land, and it could be bigger. And goodness me, it's nice. I mean, is it optimism or is it realism? Because Clayton Oliver, uh, last couple of trips to Adelaide Oval, he scored 204 points against Adelaide at Adelaide Oval round 10 last year. In round 10 2020 at Adelaide Oval, he scored 205 points against Adelaide. So over his last two trips to Adelaide Oval against Adelaide, averaging 205 points, maybe they've undershot his projection. They they may well have, honestly. Um, they may well have, but I'm intrigued as to you know, what that score will end up being. I'm going to slap the C on him regardless. But uh, despite that optimism, the Supercoach projection still only thinks I'm cracking 2,380. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. It's uh, not. Just, but <laughs> we, we can yeah. dive into that. We can mm. dive into that very quickly. I just want to say that Clayton Oliver, as he, over his career average, is 133 against Adelaide. His Gary Ablett's junior levels of Yeah, like, he's totaled... Scores of 142, 95, 98, 101, 122, 205, 204, 93 across his career. And I'm just looking at his average against opponents, uh, against everyone outside of Port Adelaide, which is funny because they also play in Adelaide. And uh, Greater Western Sydney, I'm going to assume WS is on uh, fan footy, averages at least 105 against everyone. He's a beast. He's a beast. Now, very good. Very, very good. Your team projected for 2300, is it? Mm, yep, two three eight two the current projection, and that's with as many people on the field. That's with Tim English on the field with a projection of one hundred and twenty nine. Yeah, I can trick the system into projecting uh, twenty six seventy for me. So moving right along, uh, what's your negative? Uh, having just covered my negative, my negative uh, just there, that was that was my negative. Uh, what's my yours? negative? Uh, and I know this probably sounds. For like a joke or a bit smarmy, but my lowest score was Luke Parker seventy five on field. So I'm gonna have to go to a rookie. I guess Patrick Parnell scoring eighteen points is my negative after a, a really good game where he scored seventy. So his break even is now still negative one, but it's uh, a lot higher than it should have been, and his cash didn't increase nearly as much as it should have. So I guess it's Patrick Parnell. I say this with love. Get absolutely stuffed, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I just I, I had a good I had a good round. I had a team full of pods. Occasionally they all play well at the same time. I it, eighteen I got broken, lucky. eighteen broken clocks are right twice a season and Exactly. They were they were right. Um yes, I I had a 
bunch of just thoroughly whelming scores of 80s and 90s and 100s. And I'm like, I can't be mad at you, Travis Spoke, for scoring 93. Like Sam Doherty, 91's normally fine. But when everyone scores in the 90s all at once, you're just like, oh, that's that's a bit annoying. Uh, the, the particular ire I want to direct... Uh, that's not how sentences work. I'm annoyed <laughs> at Tom Hawkins uh, for scoring stuff all. Uh, 43 points. I brought him in hoping to average you know, quite a lot on the run home. Uh, didn't fire against West Coast, which annoyed me. And if he doesn't kick 12 against North Melbourne, I will riot. I will drive to Geelong and just r- riot. One man riot out the front of the cattery, out the front of Cardinia Park, just jumping up and down and making quite a lot of noise. Well, um, yeah, some of us suggested Jeremy Cameron of the two. Because yeah, shut was... up. Okay. Uh, shut now, up, yeah. the good news for you, Patch, is that North Melbourne are playing their best. Well, I don't know if he's their best, but one of their key key defenders as a full forward now because yes. his brother can do it in the AFL. So if that trend holds, um, you should be fine. You should be fine. Hawkins should kick a bunch. I'd hope so. If he's up against which Walker does North Melbourne have? Which one of them? One of them, not like a James Walker, Josh <laughs> Walker. That's it, Josh Walker. Um, yeah, if he's playing a Josh Walker, I'd hope he'd kick twelve. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. He'll kick, against, he'll kick two in Parliament, Melbourne, and... but you know, I think anyway. they're the first team to lose ten games in a row by forty at least forty points every game. I think I read that stat today. So that's sure not great. No, no, it's not great. And thoughts and prayers to all North Melbourne supporters out there. But uh, you know, um, they've still got some some players scoring points, which we'll talk about in yeah. a second. We just have some very quick shout outs. Um, I've got one I wanted to give. You had one you wanted to give. Isaac Chug debuted in sleeves on the weekend for Collingwood, and legally, I'm supposed to hate everything Collingwood ever does, but. Gosh, they've had some good sleeve watch content this year. Darcy Moore, Jack Ginevan, and uh, and now Isaac Chug debuting in sleeves. Love it. 100% sleeve wearing rate from the young man. No, it's great. It's great. And hopefully he either wears sleeves every game for the rest of his career or retires tomorrow and maintains it at the 100% sleeve rate. It's, it's good. It's good content. It's good for the game. It's good for footy. I, uh, my shout outs to Magic Thor, who, you know, he's retiring. He announced his retirement just before we came on to record this podcast. And we always liked him. He was always nice to pick up as a smoky off the uh, waiver wire in a draft and fill a hole for a week or two. So shout out to you, Magic Door. Yeah. A genuine trailblazer too. So, you know, what he's done yes, yes. is, uh, is very good for football. And now it, you know, help forge a path for wonderful players like Mabio Chol. Um, Alir Alir, who we get to watch each and every week now. So good on him. Genuine, just pat on the back stuff. All right, let's get to the the headline topic, which is going to be Tom Stewart. Yep. Yes. Whole yep. world's talking about it. Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart. There's plenty of other stuff to talk about, but let's 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 break it down. I think he's going to miss four weeks. I don't know if you think he's going to miss any less than that. Uh, well, I mean, it's three at a minimum. You know, we're obviously recording before the tribunal decision, um, so we don't know what it'll be. But three weeks plus is a trade, regardless. And I don't think there's at this stage with the you know the way he's been charged, there won't be any less than three. Um, so that's a trade, no matter how you look at it. Um, perhaps he gets, perhaps he gets twelve. I don't know. Who ca- who cares? He's out. We got to get rid of him. It's not often that we uh, we trade a guy who scored 161 out of our teams. It's, I do it all the time. Especially, Why is well, my yeah. team bad? Please help. Especially given he actually lost money scoring 161. He lost 20K. Um, and so he's actually at the cheapest he's been all year uh, compared to his starting price. So he's like prime for selection if, you, if he wasn't going to be suspended. He's prime for holding if you... If he wasn't being suspended, but here we are. We know he's going to miss games. There's a couple of options, Patch, if you have bank that you can go up to that are very obvious ones, and that's James Sicily and Jordan Dawson if you don't have them. Sicily's in pretty much everyone's team except mine. Dawson's in 13% of teams. I imagine that most people listing this podcast probably have him. So if you've got some bank, 
I'd say they're number one and two on your on your list of targets. Yeah, Jordan Dawson in red hot form, 126 over his last three. Um, very, very good form, but 593. $1,000 Sicily, a few K more expensive. Been a bit quieter on his last couple um, with 100 from the last three, but good at football. He's, he's good at what he does. Um, and, you know, you know they're, the, they're the two standout options um, alongside Jack Sinclair, who had a bit of a quieter game on the weekend, just the 79 points. It was his first proper disappointing score of the year. Um, but has been very, very good all year. Yeah, Sinclair and Doc would be the next two sort of tiered players below Dawson and Sicily. Uh, I think as a smaller step up to them, 17K or 15K to go from Stewart to either of those two players. Sinclair, I, I'm pretty sure uh, he had some attention put into him, didn't he, again, by... Uh, uh, who was it? It's like someone played on it. <laughs> I don't know. I someone don't, played on him. I don't hate myself enough to watch St Kilda games on a Saturday night. Like, dog, what would I know? I'll be able to tell you who. I think Ryan Clark might have actually played on him and kicked a couple of goals. Um, that sounds like a Ryan Clark thing to do. That's, yep. that's how the yeah. Clark so I've operated. Just, that's what they said on Footyology podcast, and I've just checked fan footy. He's got the tag symbol next to him, just Ryan Clark. So put some attention into him. It affected his scoring. Is it something we see continue? I don't know. Teams have done it to Doherty in the past as well, so it's it's not something out of this realm. Sam Doherty, Patch, you spoke about Sinclair. I think he's a reasonable option. He's got some DPP flexibility for those with a Dacos or a Dawson or what have you. Doherty doesn't have that flexibility, but he's relatively consistent. You know you're going to get 30 touches out of him. More likely, I would say, to score a 100-plus than not. At his price, does he present value? Not exactly, but no. uh, he's also in a lot of teams already, so we don't, might not have to stick to him. But I'd say they're your tier two replacements uh, for a for a Tom Stewart. Yeah, and then we get into the fun replacements, like Dog, the fun, fantastical, bizarre replacement. Well, not bizarre. Um, the big standout, um, Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall, the great man, who've come crawling back to Aaron Hall after he scored 153 points on the weekend in a game in which he broke the AFL metres gained uh, record after Joel Bowden had had it for 12 years or something insane like that. And, uh, yeah, he came out and, and absolutely pumped it, uh, has come back from injury $508,000, so you'd make a little bit of cash going Stewart to him. 1.7% um, of teams is in 2,800 teams like dog which uh that's pod territory baby he's going to be a very popular trade-in option particularly because he makes you a little bit of cash he was uh he was a starting selection for some at over i think was he 600k at the start of the year or yeah, about close that. to it about that uh, starting price at 573 so at at 70k more people were looking at him He's had three scores above 100 this year. They've been 123, 129, and 153. He's had four scores below 100, 70, 97, 71, and 94. So I think you're either getting a 90 or you're getting a 120 out of him, and I think that's fine for the price point. Well, you, well, you get the 90, you get the 150, or you get a hamstring strain early into the second quarter and he gets subbed out. So, Well, that's, well, that's the question, isn't it? So last yeah. year you played 20 games, averaged 105.3. This year he's played seven games, averaging 105.3. Not since 2017 has he played, well, no, let, not since 2013, outside of last year, has he played 20 games in a season. Yep. We know he's already missed a bunch of times. So the question is, will he play the rest of this season? And can you trust him, particularly if you're already running low on trades? The answer to both of those questions is, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, who knows? I can't tell you that. Um, we we simply don't know. And there's also lingering in the back of my mind that North will eventually kind of just throw caution to the wind and start throwing players around and, and doing something different just because they've not been good and need to get some development out of their young kids. And Aaron Hall's getting towards the end of his career, so he's you know not going to be around there for the next finals tilt at Arden Street, so maybe they try and phase him out. I don't know. It's just kind of lingers in the back of my head. They probably 
won't impact his score too much on that front. But I don't know. I'm looking for reasons to not pick Aaron Hall in this situation. And it's it's yet another one that sits there. One option I like a little bit more. Uh, Bailey Dale, Foz's man, jumped on him very, very early on in the piece. 4.6% of sides, 104 average for the year, had 110 over the weekend, slotting in very nicely into that Bulldogs defense after signing a significant, pretty decent deal. It was three or four years um, earlier in the week, and he's been very consistent uh, all throughout the year, just dotting between, you know, that, that you know, you know, scoring at 110s and then the occasional 90 um, in there as well, which very good stuff. Oh yeah, look, uh, no, no issues with the pick. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the upside excitement of an Aaron Hall to me. The ceiling is a lot lower, but it's probably a smarter pick. It also makes you cash if you trade from a Tom Stewart down to a Bailey Dale. You know exactly what you're going to get from him. Basically, you, you, he's averaging 105. He's going to average you 105. By scoring 90s and 110s. Uh, that's what it's going to be, Patch. So there's not much to say about it. It's a reasonable return, but it doesn't excite me, but it's a good selection. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 he's turned into what we wanted Caleb Daniel to be and what Caleb Daniel had been for a long period of time, um, which is, yeah, great for him. Well done him. Dan Houston, you could consider as well. Um, you know, 131 on the weekend, averaging 106, 112 over his last five, but will drop 130s and 120s and then drop a couple of 70s and 80s, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, Daniel Rich as well has been in some pretty good form. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, so since, uh, so, so, so can't speak. Since I traded him into my side, these are the scores that he has scored. Uh, one, uh, he scored a 93, a 127, a 55, a 119, a 119, a 135. I'm when, a <laughs> here you go, say the I'm doctor not, thing. I'm not a doctor, but they're good scores. They are good scores. Um, uh, yeah, look, in that time, uh, maybe I'm being too general and I'm being too reactionary to the weekend, but I don't think Brisbane's been that good. And I think it helps Daniel Rich because... When the opponents are pummeling the forward line, it's just guaranteed kick-ins for him. It's guaranteed cheap, easy possessions. He's a high kick to handball ratio player. Loves a mark. He just he's built for super coach at the moment, and I I, I mean I love him as a pick. I love him as a pick. Uh, he is prone occasionally to dropping a turd, but I'm hoping we've seen the last of that for this year. Yep, I really like him as a potential option there as well. Um, if you're desperate to make some cash, Nick Vloston maybe averaging 115 in those last three, you could look at. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to hardly endorse people bringing in Nick Vloston despite 96, 120, and 130 in his last three games. By the way, since uh, being laughed at on this very podcast about Adam Saad, he, uh, I don't think he's scored below 108 since then. So anyway, um, he's another option. But again, that's doesn't, he doesn't excite me that much. He's fun to watch, but I don't know if you get points for bounces if you do pick him. Let's talk some risky picks, Patch, because I think Red all men, of these guys... Redmond, Redmond, Redmond. Well, you, you could talk Redmond. I was just going to say... Jake Lloyd has scored 148. He averages about 700 against St. Kilda. I don't think he's going to get let off again this season the way he did uh, on the weekend. I think the 148 is an anomaly, but he's pretty bloody cheap. But if you disagree with me, um, you can pick him up for 463K. Yep, I think that's fair. Nick Blakey at uh, 485k as well, had 126 on the weekend. Really like the way he's developing. But yeah, as I said, Mason Redmond, I'm not going to spend too much time on it um, because he tears a crocodile to pieces in far north Queensland. Um, free, I ruined that Bobcat a bit. <laughs> I'm not going to spend any time on it. Because every every three months, Patch tears together, tears apart a joke <laughs> far north Queensland. Um, 113, 99, 144, 107 for the Red Dog in his last four games, in which I'm selectively ignoring that 71 against Sydney. Oh, of course, of course. Um, who he plays? But he's been great. Great. But he's yeah, been he's, great. They're looking for him. They're using him. Um, 
you know, I think the fact that Hind and, and D'Ambrosio are there kind of take the pressure off him, which means he's not going to get targeted or less likely to get targeted. I, yep, yeah, I've spoken about him a lot. Yeah, I no, I, I, I absolutely froth it. The role's there, the scoring potential's there. If you'd picked him up at sub 400K in round four, you would have been insane, but it would have been amazing. Obviously, no one would have done that. Another guy, high kick to handball ratio. For the, sorry, I keep dropping this thing. I've got to put it away, so I stop touching it. High kick to handball ratio and marks. Outlet marks are great for scoring points. And he gets forward and hits the scoreboard. He just doesn't convert goals. When that starts happening, that's a few extra points a game patch. I, this, you know what? Of all the players we've talked about, this is the one I want the community to, to take. I want the community to pick up Mason Redmond. Yep, have have some fun with it, especially if you need a hail mary like a like some some people do. Lockie Whitfield, four hundred and sixty three k as well, one hundred and seven in his last three. Yeah, um, I'm bored of him. I don't want to talk about him. Yeah, he's pissing me off. He's uh, yep, yep. He's a good option, but God, it makes me sad to to admit that. Um, shall we steer away from the back line a little bit? Um, on that dour note. Well, I think so. I think so. Let's just talk some some pods to look at in the other lines, and then we'll go to uh, we'll go to the cheapies that people can bring in if they still have trades. Patch, if you're at a, a position as we move into the midfield, if you're in a position where your team is in quotation marks complete, are you just sitting on trades? Are you still trying to generate cash, or are you looking to luxury trade and try and? squeeze up the rankings a little bit if that's what you're playing for. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're trying to get up the rankings and you do want to turn your, you know, some of your players, uh, you know, your, your Travis Bokes, your, your Matt Rowles, your, your guys that are kind of sitting on the end of that, um, you know, they're, they're not they're not a top 10, not a top 20 midfielder. You want to try and turn them into, into as, as many points as you can. And, you know, that part of that will be making cash, part of that will be making sure you've got cover, on lines, um, but yeah, I think you should try and be, you know, try and be squeezing up as much as you can if you've got trades. Um, I think, you know, anywhere between four and six is how many you want to have for the rest of the season. If you've got more than, uh, you know, seven or more, then yeah, I, I reckon, yeah, have a whirl, throw some, throw some mud at the wall. Another question without notice: Do you think there's more value in upgrading a Boke to a, let's say, Took Miller? Or having like a upgrading a rookie to a a Luke Jackson or a Nick or a Nick Dacos or something like what's more valuable to us at this point or a Cotter Rosie? Is it a, having a swing that you can loop or is it upgrading your your starting uh, whatever it is twenty two on field? Yes, um, ideally you'd want both. You'd want to have that that Luke Jackson Nick Dacos cover and also have. You know, a midfield of Clayton Oliver, Rory Laird, Jack McRae, Cook Miller, etc. Um, this is not the world we live in where that such a thing is possible. Um, I think, you know, you know, if you're going for rank, if you're in the the really really high end, then you'd be wanting to get as many points on field as possible. If you're going for a league uh, league win, or you know, you just wanted to cover yourself for for the year as you limp home, then I think the cover will be more important. But if you reckon you can. You know, if you reckon you can dodge the bullets, then you know may as well fly by the seat of your pants if you can. Fair enough. I because I'm just there's a lot of names recognition in the guys that are priced sort of below 500k at the moment. You've got and none of these we would be picking, but you've got guys like Mitch Duncan and Tim Kelly and Isaac Heaney who you could pick. Uh, Scott Pendlebury. You got all these names like. To me, if you can jump for for very minimal cash from a, a rookie to one of those guys, but it's for an F seven, an F seven or an M nine, M nine is that M seven? Whatever one's not on field. M M nine F seven. That's the yeah. That's how that works. It just really excites me having that flexibility, particularly because I know people have burnt through trades. There's still a hell of a lot of football to go, by the way. It's round 16 we're heading into. We've still got, what, how many games is that? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. We've still got eight rounds of Supercoach. So, for, for instance, I've got Nick Dacos currently on my bench, which I was able to use him on field 
last week, and he seems like he's going to be the perfect D7 M9 from here mm-hmm. on out. Yeah, no. It's, but I, I'm I, tempted I, to bring in another one in another line. Yeah, look, if you've got the trades, then sure. Like, I've, I've managed to get cover on every line once you, you know, you count. Luke Jackson covering two lines. So, um, you know, it feels nice having that cover, but then also I'm looking at my points on field going, gee whiz, I'm, I'm looping Tom Hawkins and Luke Jackson for the rest of the year, and gee whiz, I'm looping Daniel Rioli and, and Nick Dacos for the rest of the year. And I'd, I'd kind of just rather have James Sicily scoring yeah. a lot of points um, and then you know, your, your Jacob Weir or your Judson Clark or whatever to come on um, as cover instead. So it depends on, you know, on what you want to be doing and, and how you want to set your team up. Um, now, it's really nice to have that cover, but I think from a points perspective, as long as you, you nail those picks, then, you know, you, you try and trade up where you can. Well, okay. We're now just spitballing. We were going to talk about other stuff, but let's keep sitting on this path. At this point I've in the some, season, I've got some pods I want to talk about later. Uh, we, we are going to we are going to one hundred percent talk about these pods. But this this is good. This is good content for the people trying to make decisions at home about their leagues or pursuing ranks. A guy like Paddy Cripps, he's in sixty percent of teams, five hundred forty k, three round average of 100, five round average of ninety eight. A guy like Isaac Heaney. In 47% of teams, three-round average, 93. Five-round average, 85. Jaden Short, 43% of teams, three-round average of 90. Five-round average of 93. Jack Crisp, averaging 100 over the last five. Are you just, reading, guys, my, are you just reading my team out off the off the screen? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Christian Petrarca is another one as well. These guys that we had in premium positions doesn't matter how you got them there, whether they were underpriced when you got them, whatever. You bought them in. The expectation was that you were going to probably keep them at this point of the season. If they're not producing their averages, and their averages of all those guys are much higher than what they're actually scoring in the last few weeks, do we need to upgrade those guys? Is that a focus? Are they must-upgrade players? Or are we... Or are we looking to do something else? Because these are guys that are relatively expensive. They're in a lot of teams. Their average on paper is really high, but they're underperforming compared to that average. How? What do we do? At what yeah. point do we call make? Do we call it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's really hard. Having not watched a, you know, a couple of Carlton games, I don't know if it's Patrick Cripps in a form slump or if there's been a little role change or somebody else has come through the middle. Like if Matt Kennedy's getting more of that hard ball or or what it is, you know, like a you look at Petrarca. Um, and he's, you know, taken a little bit of a step back. He's been under the weather. He had that flu, which knocked him about for, for two or three weeks where he wasn't quite 100%. Um, like that combined with, you know, him and him and Melbourne specifically not being in, in incredible form um, has have meant he's underperformed, which is great for people that, that might want to look in and go, oh, he's really cheap. He'd be a great, you know, M9 and you loop him with Travis Boke or whoever you've got. Um, but, you know, so I, I don't think... I don't think there's general advice you can give for a lot of those players. I think it has to be a case-by-case case where you sit down and go, right, Jaden Short's underperforming. I want to try and figure out why it is. I'm going to look at a, a heat map on the AFL website, see if he's if he's pushed back, if he's not taking kickouts, if it's a, you know, Nick Floston has started, you know, impacting games more. Is that meaning, is that the reason why he's not, you know, not scoring? Do I think that's going to continue? If so, maybe you, you know, you've got that cash to jump up to a James Sisley or you can jump up to a Jordan Dawson. Um, by trading, you know, someone on your bench like a Jacob Weir to a, a D'Ambrosio. Um, and if you've got the trades to do that and you're confident, then then go for it. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's too much that can stop you, but you've just got to do the calculations of, of where your team's at, what you're aiming for, how many trades you've got left is the very important thing. Um, and then, you know, if you're confident that that Jaden Short's role has changed for the rest of the year. Like, there's nothing worse than going, right, I'm jumping off him, you know, and then, you know, he's 498k. You've, you've lost a bit of cash on him from when you bought him in, presumably. Um, you know, there's not much worse than him than turning around and average 130 for five weeks to finish the season out. Um, like, you just want to make sure that, you know, that it is an upgrade you want to do. And generally, there'll be that, you know, that Daniel Rioli type, that Tom Hawkins type, that Travis Boke type. I say looking through my team and listing most of the players there. I think <laughs> you're, you're Jaden Shorts, you're Paddy Cripps, 
I think they're they're pretty safe. Your, your Jordan Ridleys and, and those sorts, I think, are the ones that you'd be looking to to move about. I, I think the the guys that you know might just be out of form. Your, your Petrarchas, I think, you try and hold them as a general rule. But the the guys kind of on the fringe would be the ones that I'd be looking to move on. Does that does that make sense? Is that what you'd be doing, Lek? Is that how your thoughts would be manifesting, or are you you're more of a see trade button hit trade button kind of guy? Historically, I've been a wait and see, a wait and watch, a watch and see, whatever you want to call it. I reckon if I was competing for either a flag in my league or for getting as high a rank as possible, and I was already near the top, those people probably don't need our advice, but I reckon that's where I'd be making these trades. Um, Short worries me, Crips worries me a little bit. They're in. It feels safe because they're in so many teams. So if you could differentiate differentiate yourself and jump off them, you've got the trades to do so, and you're at the upper end of whatever version you're playing. Then I would I would actually consider jumping off these guys. Um, I'm I'm often way too uh, slow to react in super coach, and I've just yeah seen some worrying signs with a few of those guys. Um, even John Longmire today came out and said about Isaac Heaney, he said, oh, no, his role hasn't changed. It just It's hard to maintain the awesome form he started with. That doesn't excite me. No, no, and it's, it's you know, he's got a point for that, for that sort of role. You know, Dustin Martin's about one of the few players that can maintain that and arguably the best player we've seen in, in a long time. So, it yeah, it's fair. It's, it's hard, and I think, you know, we've seen... Super coaches get more and more aggressive as the years go on, and you know if you if you near that top, you need to take that chance. Like you can't play it safe and win the game. You 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 take that chance. You roll the dice. Comes up snake eyes. Then well, you know that that's your shot gone. But um, but yeah, I, th- I think for for leagues though, I think you've got more time, unless you're you're sitting there going, oh geez, I'm struggling to make the eight here. I don't know if I will feature in finals footy. Um, if you're pretty safe towards the top end of that ladder and just want to polish it off, I'd wait until a week before finals just so you get more intel on your Jaden shorts. You get more intel on, like, if Jordan Dawson's role changes and he plays forward for a couple of weeks or whatever it is. Um, I think I'd rather hold off if you're going for a league and you've decided, no, I don't care about rank. So there's a, it's a five-digit number anyway and I'm, I'm gone. Who cares? It's ranks are for nerds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'd wait on that front just to to get that bit more data. Um, but yeah, if you if you you're going for rank like a nerd, then uh, you're far away. All right, let's talk pods now. Coolio, All right. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You go first. I've done heaps. Of I don't want to. I don't want to steal one. I, I think I've got one that you're going to have on your list. Mm-hmm. I think he plays for Melbourne. Do you have anyone that plays for Melbourne yeah. in your list? Yeah, yeah, midfielder. Yeah. Yeah, he's in midfield only. <laughs> 550k in 0.6% yeah. of teams. Yep. So Jack Viney patch, uh, 123 in the weekend. I tweeted out maybe I've underrated this bloke his whole career because turns out when you look at his numbers, he's been playing like this for a few weeks. Um, maybe it's just a good vein of form, but over his last five, averaging 119 rounded up. Over his last three, 118, 101.5 for the year. His last five scores, 129, 109, 106, 126, and 123. His tackle numbers are are, are back up being relatively high. Uh, He had 12, 4, 4, 12, 7 in that patch. Um, And for whatever reason, I look, I'm not going to profess to say I'm a Melbourne expert, but the downfall, in quotation marks, of Petrarca has been the up side of variety i guess because he he has been out of this world for the last five weeks and it's the sort of pod play that if he made dades geez you look pretty smart yeah and i i think it's kind of part of the you know fall of petrarch a little bit more has meant that um he's had to play a little bit differently because they've had you know james harms was in the middle a lot against brisbane he was up you know tagging locking neil for a bit he was bloody good too he did very, very well. But they've had, you know, Sparrow roll through there. They've had James Jordan roll through there. And they, they're a bit more of a grunt player, which is kind of what Viney is. I think it frees him up a bit more and lets him, you know, not so much play that hard role in the middle and actually lets him be the the very good midfielder that we don't often get to see him be. Um, 
and you know, the points have improved with that. And gosh, it's an exciting option. Um, you know, 118 over his last three. You look at those, you know, those scores: 129, 109, 106, 126, 123 in 1,075 teams. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's a, a fascinating option. It's a such a ballsy play. He's averaging 102, as we said, which is his career high in Supercoach. He's currently in career best Supercoach form. It's a five-week period of time. I've jumped on players for less form over a shorter period of time. On paper, it looks like you're bringing in a guy who's only averaging 100 and something, but 119 for five weeks is is bloody tasty. It's and bloody five, tasty. And if 550K is too much for you, um, 470K, James Jordan, his teammate, 820 teams he's in, 110 over his last three, 95 over the last five getting just more and more time, you know, he'd be that that M9 option who you'd want to loop on the field. He probably wouldn't have him on field for the rest of the year out. But gosh, he's, you know, for the future as well, a, a really good prospect there in the Melbourne midfield. I, I, as I like highlighted by uh, Clayton Oliver in the preseason on our podcast. Indeed, he did. Rightio, well, I'm going to uh, bring up a pod, uh, mid, still midfield. Uh, still very cheap, uh, 480k he is, 114 is his average over the last three games. I am talking like dog about Dylan Scheel. <laughs> we've talked, we've kind of mentioned him in our group chat on and off. He's had periods this year where he's he's scored, uh, those periods being the first two weeks and the last three weeks. Mm. The, the big I, I, in the middle is... It's a little bit concerning. There was that game he was the sub. uh, He scored the 37. He was kind of pushed on the adder a little bit. Um, Parrish has missed a couple of weeks, and Shield has, you know, stepped up in his absence. But also, they keep forgetting that Dylan Shield is one of, if not the best, center clearance player in the competition. Um, And he's good at getting the ball forward. How valuable those forward 50s, you know, skied long high forward 50 entries are is a bit debatable but he's he's good at doing it and 480k that's that's potentially quite a lot of points to bring in at that price point and i'm not doing it i like i'm not going near it but it's just an interesting one that i thought i would vote for somebody that is cash strapped and potentially looking for a pod to drive them home in a league uh league outfit when his job is to get the ball and kick the ball forward, he can do that job relatively well. So um, it's, it scares the shit out of me, and I wouldn't be pulling the trigger on it, but I fully endorse the endeavour. And, you know, someone's got to score points from Essendon, don't they? Why couldn't it be him? Well, well I mean, it's Nick Martin and then Mason Redman, and then who who after that? I, I don't know. Zach Merritt, who... Uh, if you don't listen to Footyology, I, re- I recommend everyone go and listen to the latest episode of Footyology, uh, where Rocco sort of dissects Merritt's game and um, has some thoughts on him. It was very interesting listening. But Zach Merritt was back in the scoring front for people who bought him in at a very cheap price. Can he maintain that when Parrish comes back? Yes. Good. That's good. Another guy that I like, Patch, that was talked about a lot on the Mailbag podcast the other day uh, is Ben Keys, 531K, averaging 111 for the year. Had a little bit of a down spot, like not scoring badly. He went 103, 100, 106, 96, and his, sco- and his price dipped as a result. But he's backed that up with a 114, 117, 68, and 113. Melbourne, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Sydney, Carlton, West Coast, North, and Port Adelaide to finish the season. The run's relatively easy. He's scoring well. The midfielders at Adelaide are scoring well at the moment. Uh, I just think for a guy that's in less than 15,000 teams, Ben Keyes is, is an affordable pod who you can bring in and be pretty comfortable, I feel, that he'll average, you know, 108 to 118. Yep. No, and he's a better option than Dylan Scheel. Um, so, yeah, he, I think he's a, a very good option. And, and Baron absolutely adores the lad. And he's, uh, yeah, done pretty well for himself, uh, reviving his career in a way that not many players tend to. So, 
Um, yeah, I think I think he's a good good shout. Um, one that I I wouldn't bring him in this week because he's now very expensive after a very good run of three games. But if you're playing league and uh, you you really want someone to to ram you home in the forward line to finish the year, let dog let me uh, tell me when you figure out who I'm talking about. Um, kick six on the weekend, had 150 against West Coast a few weeks ago, um, 520 odd K as a forward. He's shaking his head at me. Taylor Walker plays West Coast, North Melbourne and Port Adelaide to finish the season, as well as Carlton, who, as we've established, have no key defenders. Gosh, it's a run home that could propel you to a flag, but it's a run home that could also end up with three sixties and a 40 in there. Um, wouldn't bring him in now. He's uh, he's coming off some very good games uh, and priced accordingly. Um, but, you know, that'll dip over the next couple of weeks as he comes up against, you know, the Dogs, the Giants. Oh, sorry, he comes up against Melbourne, Hawthorne, Sydney, Collingwood. You know, they they won't let him score as much. But, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him. It's happening again, Lek Dog. It's happening. Yeah, look... Uh... I would normally say that historically he tails off in the year. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's my vibe on it. Uh, I mean, he did, he yeah. did miss the first five weeks, so he is basically hasn't started tailing. He won't tail off this year because there's exactly. no tail. There's, there's no <laughs> tail. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can recommend a key forward at over 500k, but no, I'd, I'd hey, wait to dip over the next four weeks, but, but just want to flag it. No, hey, flag away, flag away. That's what we're here for. We're here to flag. Shout out to Clarky Harry Himmelberg, still scoring well, despite all the best efforts of Spike McVeigh to stop him from doing so. Um, Liam Baker has been pretty good, Patch. Forward defense swing. He's the Daniel Rioli we wanted, but not the Daniel Rioli we got. No, Last few weeks, um, 90, 134, 80, 112, 100, 126. You know a guy's in form when the club and the AFL start writing articles about him. They're pumping articles out about Liam Baker this week. The man is good. The man is relatively expensive at this point, but for sub 500K as a pod, as a YOLO pod, uh, he's certainly someone to consider. I mean, the concern is, though, that, you know, he, he plays in the midfield and, and scores good, and then they play him in the forward pocket, and he scores like a forward pocket. Um, shout out to good friend of the pod, Craig, who traded him uh, in in a keeper league and, you know, sold the house for him. And then he spent the first half of the year scoring 61, 55, 58, 62, 74, 65, 83, 38, before finally getting on his bike and turning those scores around. So I'd be a little bit worried about that. I don't particularly want to pay $493,000 for a bloke that could have a run of, of 50s. Um, That's fair. That's fair. I don't think they're going to use him that way anymore. I think with Presty route as well, maybe we even see hashtag more midterm. But yes, totally understand. Yeah. Um, Cam Guthrie as well, 544K. Um, very cheap for what he can offer um, in the midfield. If you're looking for someone that could potentially you know, average 115 on the run home, his five-round average is 115, 109 on the weekend. They play north this weekend in Geelong. Um, been in quite good form since round 10, 124, 126, 101, 115, 109. That's better than all of my midfielders. Um, and they play West Coast in the final round as well. So... Um, one to keep an eye on there if you're keen to to swing a midfield around. I dig it. Big fan of a Guthrie pick at this point. Uh, a nice pod. He's got years behind him of scoring. Thumbs up for yep. me. Um, Jeremy Finlayson, Lake Dog, is playing in the ruck for uh, Port Adelaide. Um, running, not not doing a huge amount of hitouts. 88, 122, 96 in the games where he has been playing in the ruck. Um what do you it's think? It's a no from me, dog. Scott Lysette back in full training today. It's ah, a no from yeah. me, dog. Yep. Get out of here. I think uh, the only thing, Patch, I think we need to wrap this up because it was going to be a quick one. Of course, we got to the coveted 50-minute mark. Um, 
the cash cows for the week for those who may need them. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio, break 102k defender, break even negative 44, projected to go up 43k, scored 53 on the weekend. Brody Kemp scored 73 as Carlton's second defender, played actually really well. Uh, he's locked into the back line because there's no one else, 156k's, break even negative 37, projected to go up 39k. And that, I think that's really it in terms of the main cash cows. Yeah, Judson Clark at 146k had his first uh, class rise. Price rise yeah. um, only scored the 26 though, so we'll go back up. Um, Rhett Bazo, <laughs> defence forward, 117k for West Coast. Break even negative eight, scored 37. Yep, Jackson Archer 57 on debut. James Blank uh, 43. A couple of Park Orchards lads doing well. There, um, 43. I thought you were just like, about to say a couple of parkour lads. I was like, no, oh, sick. No, no, Park Orchards, uh, the, <laughs> the leafy, Less sick. leafy suburb out of Melbourne. Um, James Tunstall, 38 on the weekend. A bunch of kids played their first game, which you love to see. Chug, 22 on debut. Not, not an incredible score, but he played in sleeves, so that may as well have a one in front of it in my eyes. All right, community, that is all we have time for, Patch. It was a pleasure recording another podcast with you. Always a pleasure to gaze into your eyes, like dog. Community, if you want to support the podcast, you can leave a review and a rating, and we'll read out the funniest ones on the podcast. Uh, if you leave them on Apple, I'll certainly see them. If you leave them somewhere else, let us know that you've done it. And if you want to support us, you can uh, take a look at all the amazing products that manscaped.com has to offer. I recommend the boxes 2.0 to get 20% off and free shipping. You head to manscaped.com and use code jock. That's code J O C K. It's 20% off and free shipping with code jock J O C K at manscaped.com. Once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. They put the jock in jocks. Thank you again for joining me, patch you beautiful human being. Illy Lek and Illy Community. You're all the best. Happy hunting. Happy, hopefully, upgrading your team. Hope, happy, if not, then happy crying about all your primos being injured, like I will be. You, are, you won't be alone on that front. Illy Rar. Did you really just. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs>